Welcome to the Ultimate Journey of Self-Care. I am Allison Katzkowski, your host. Thank you so much for tuning in to check out exactly what we're talking about. Self-care means so many things to people. It's one of the reasons I decided to start this show. And you'll hear self-care discussed from a number of different angles in this space. I am grateful to have you with me, and I hope you get a lot out of what I'm going to share with you today. Hey, everybody. It's Allison Katzkowski. Thank you for tuning in again to this week's edition of the Ultimate Journey of Self-Care. Welcome to the show. I am your host. Thank you for joining me on this Tuesday morning. So it is 2023. If you've been following me for a while, you know that I always like to lead off the new year with just a whole bunch of different topics. Um, but all of them are related to really how to get your year started off on the right foot and all of that. So so today, um, I'm always excited to talk to another health and fitness professional um, in my field. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with another nutritionist and registered dietitian. For those of you that know me, you know my mother is a retired RD and nutritionist. Um, So I always love to speak to somebody else in that specific area. Today, my guest is Eve Lahijani. She is based in California. She is an RD and a nutritionist. And she even mentioned before we hit record that a lot of her clients refer to her as a food therapist, which I think is a really interesting take on it. So we're just going to have a great conversation today about all things food and eating and fueling your body and all of that. So Eve, thank you so much for joining me today. Allison, I'm so excited to be here to talk about anything and everything food and the relationship we have with food. There's so much to say. There is so much to say. Absolutely. So so before we get into any of that, why don't you tell my audience a little bit about you, your background, how you got into doing what it is that you do? Yeah, I'd be happy to. You know, um, I do what I do because of my own struggles with food and eating. As long as I can remember, food was a thing for me um, and how I felt about my body. So I was either obsessed with dieting, restricting, or I was out there binging, overeating, and feeling out of control with food. And I used to use exercise as a way to compensate for all of the eating that didn't go right. Mm-hmm. You know, even for a while, I was actually a personal trainer, so I could mm-hmm. burn off the food I was um, eating and also help other people to do the same. And I realized that this pattern was not sustainable, not for my joints, not for my health, not for my sanity. And also because I never knew what size clothes I was going to be. Mm-hmm. You know, my, my body weight was always going up and down. And I knew I needed a true healing, like a real healing yeah. that wouldn't be found in diets. So in seeking my own solution, my own healing, I really found kind of like a formula to help Mm -hmm. anybody, no matter where they are in their journey with food and eating, really come to the other side and have healing with their relationship with food. That's why I call myself a nutrition therapist. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. I just, I I like that because I feel like in our society today, I think this is probably one of the biggest things that people struggle with because people treat food as a way to you know, make themselves feel better, make themselves feel more at peace, more comfortable. I mean, you know, just pretty much across the spectrum, I think there are a number of emotions that people attach to food. You're absolutely right. Actually, any and any emotion could be attached to food. Whatever the person doesn't yet know how to feel, mm-hmm. whatever is outside of their comfort zone of what they're mm-hmm. able to feel mm-hmm. may result in using. And in my case, my clients use food or exercise or restricting or overeating but for some people, they may use spending, smoking, yeah. social media yeah. to fill that void, you know? Yeah, no, very, 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 very true. 
So let's just kick off then our discussion with, you know, it's obviously the new year and, you know, so many people start the new year with this great idea that they're either going to, you know, number one, work out, number two, lose weight, number three, eat better or a combination of all of that. So um, I'm just curious kind of what your what do you hear in the new year as opposed to what do you hear throughout the rest of the year when it comes to these subjects? You know, people come in so fired of this time, I'm going to get the diet right. You know, this time I'm really going to stick to it. And actually, this is really sad to see because usually by the end of January or the beginning of February, that initial motivation naturally wears off because they're pushing themselves too hard or possibly unnaturally. So they come in with this intention of being a different self. Mm-hmm. So yeah. oftentimes, um, my messaging around this time of year is instead of like new year, new you, how about new year, new year, real you, like yeah. really connecting with yourself, really yeah. harmonizing with your appetite, really connecting with your emotions. So it's not something you're running away from, or you're trying to fix. It's something that you're aligning with yeah. and creating harmony inside of yourself. Well, and I also think that a, that a lot of people like you know, they fall in love with the idea, right, of like being a quote unquote different version of themselves when really the work becomes that we have to become the equivalent of that. And this is why so many people, I think, don't stick with big changes. It's why we see so many people about this time of year start dropping off, right, start dropping off of whatever their plan was on January 1. When I was working in the gym industry in general, when I worked for a chain of health clubs years ago, you know, we would call January our Christmas season. I mean, nobody's at the gym in December because they're all shopping. Well, nobody's, everyone's at the gym in January and nobody's at the mall. So it's kind of like, you know, back to, it's kind of like the reverse, right? But it's so easy for people to get the idea that now is is the perfect time when it's really not necessarily the perfect time. We decide to make something the perfect time. So why can't we make January you know, have the January mindset in September, right? Or, or now, or, you know, or in December around the holidays. Yeah. You could start your year at any hour of the day or any moment, you know, we can decide right now. So, um, and I think that's so huge because oftentimes people have this all or nothing mentality Mm -hmm. that could be really damaging. I mean, in the beginning it could work for them because they're like, yes, I'm going to do this. I'm going to stick to this. But once they miss a day or once they eat in a way that, you know, scares them or bothers them. They feel like, okay, that's it. Throw in the yeah. towel, you know? Yeah. Um, so resilience is such an important thing. Yeah. And having that mindset and knowing how to pick up from any so-called failure or mis- or food mishap or whatever you want to call it. No, no, I totally agree with you. So what do you, what are you hearing from people as opposed to like, I'm just always curious to to find out from other health and fitness professionals in general, like, what are the biggest things that you hear people talk about when they're having a struggle with, you know, properly eating or being consistent with, you know, fueling their body or eating in a way that's actually serving them? Um, you know, there's so many people, it's like on a logical level, we know all these things. It's kind of like the the whole idea that knowledge is enough. Knowledge really isn't enough to change behavior, right? I mean, tell that to someone right. who's been smoking for 25 years. They know it's not good for them, but but they still smoke, right? So. Mm-hmm. I think when it comes to, you know, eating in a way that really serves us, I think a lot of people struggle with the same thing. I mean, they know that processed food isn't good for them, but yet they do it anyway. You know, they know that drinking, 
you know, for the for people out there who enjoy cocktails, you know, there's there's kind of a fine line between casual drinking and and always drinking, right? Yeah. And for a lot of people, what happens is it, it feels out of control or the choice doesn't feel like it's theirs. Mm-hmm. You know, if they, if we could do better, we would do better. Mm-hmm. And I really feel like the triggers, whatever they are, whether it's the kids are in from out of town or it's a special occasion or just this once, or I don't know how to handle what's going on in my life. It's that people don't have the wherewithal to navigate certain situations, certain feelings, um, certain things without using whatever, whatever it is that they use, you know? Mm-hmm. And so instead of going at it with, I have to fix this, I have to stop, I have to cut it out. It's really learning like, wow, this is really interesting. Something is beyond my capacity. Um, yeah. Yeah. So there's something going on that makes me feel out of control. That's yeah. really interesting. You know, especially yeah. when you're a functioning adult and there's something you don't know how to handle like food, you know? So I really help my clients get underneath, like, what is really going on? Like, why yeah. when I get off the phone with my mom or why when I leave work and I'm upset with my boss or... When I come back from the doctor and I'm waiting for the results to come back, like how else am I going to navigate that? If yeah. I'm not going to use food, how am I going to do it? And I think that's a yeah. very valid question, you know? Yeah. Why do you think that is though with people? Like, I'm always curious to hear another professional's perspective on this. You know, why is it that, you know, we don't want to find out what the real issue is or why something is a certain way? Because basically what you're saying is, is we should train ourselves to be more curious, but yet we don't. Right. Whoever taught us that? In our culture, we don't get like, let's find out why or what's behind this or what's going on. In our culture, we're, we're taught quick fix, magic bullet, you yeah. know, silver bullet or whatever, you know, is our the way our culture is taught. So we just think, and it makes sense, like, okay, so I need to exercise or eat better to deal with this, or there's something wrong with my um, motivation, or I lack willpower. We're so quick to think that there's something wrong with us or want yeah. to blame ourselves. Or or judge ourselves. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Which gives us just more of the same. And, you know, I I have a lot of compassion for that because that's something I struggled with Mm -hmm. for so many years Mm -hmm. is condemning myself, punishing myself, Mm -hmm. trying to fix it, you know, and no amount of punishing, fixing or being mad at yourself makes up for what we really need, which is compassion, self-love, curiosity. And that's where the real healing occurs, you know, um, is learning how to be consistently loving with yourself, mm-hmm. uh, even though you might be mad at yourself or wish it went a different way. So uh, I, did that answer the question? Because that was a really good question. Yeah. Well, I mean, I just I find this across the board because I've talked to other nutrition professionals on this show. I've talked to other fitness professionals. I've talked to health coaches. I've talked to therapists. I've talked to a lot of people who have really different areas of expertise and sort and as a result really have a different insight. So that's why I'm always curious myself because I feel like if we're curious, we can maybe hopefully help our clients and the people that we come in contact with, maybe we can offer them a different perspective too. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and unfortunately with food, it's people get so mad at themselves, you know, uh, because it didn't go the way that they wanted it to. Mm-hmm. And it's really hard to be nice to yourself when you're mad at yourself. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I agree. I agree with you. And I think I yeah. think in the, in the culture that we live in, too, just to piggyback on what you just said, I think, you know, our culture in general here in America, um, we really don't have a starvation problem, you know, like other parts of the world do. I mean, are there people struggling? Yes. Are there people that, 
you know, don't get enough of what they need. Yes. But when you look at the way we eat and the way we function as a culture, you mean, compare that to third world countries who literally like really wonder where their next meal is going to come from. I mean, and in the United States, you go through a drive through where you can biggie size your order for an extra 50 cents or dollar, you know? So it's, it is a question of, you know, having the right tools and having the right approach to something, you know, whereas it's not so much about survival, at least not from where I sit. Yeah, no, Allison. And it's so sad because when you said most people aren't starving, you know, in the U.S., so many women, especially high eat healthy, sadly, they do starve themselves. They do mm-hmm. go on diets. They do skip meals. They only yeah. have a salad for lunch, you yeah. know, and again, all these things are things I've done myself. Mm-hmm. So even though, of course, I was uh, like, thank- luckily, um, I was blessed to be in an abundant environment, you know, growing up with food and all these other types of resources. But was I starving? Yes. Did my nervous system feel like food was scarce? Absolutely, mm-hmm. because I was so um, restrictive with myself. When I was being restrictive, I thought I was doing right. You know, yeah. eat the salad, yeah. have the bell peppers yeah. with lemon juice. Well, but whatever. a lot, it's interesting you bring that up because a lot of that comes from our thoughts and our perception of things, which yeah. we really don't have a food supply issue in this country. I guess that was the way I should have phrased it a little a little bit ago. Yeah. Not like we do, not like there is in other parts of the world. You know, but yet we still have so many problems here with people being able to function and people being able to, you know, properly take care of themselves when it comes. I mean, eating to me is a pleasure. It should be enjoyed. It shouldn't be a chore. It shouldn't be something that you dread. It shouldn't be something that, you know, I'll, I'll stop short of saying struggle because struggle can mean different things to different people. But but eating is a part of our culture. I mean, it's like you go to any party. It's like, where's the most popular room in the kitchen, right? And that's because people like to gather and socialize and celebrate and, and you know, it live part of their life through the lens of what food does. Absolutely. And I feel like you have such a healthy, uh, peaceful relationship with food. Unfortunately, many women today, because of the pressures to look a certain way, don't have that perspective, you know, they see these images, especially now with the influx of social media, you know, the images that are portrayed on there, Mm -hmm. you know, there is such a pressure. Yeah, I agree Uh, with you. I think a lot of it is a a culture you know, a society has kind of established a norm that the way we look is the most important thing when it really should be the way that we feel should be the biggest question we're asking ourselves, right? Absolutely. You know, my heart um, really exploded when I saw that Instagram was, oh, it was TikTok was actually looking for people to um, look through their content to make sure that they weren't making even more problematic eating behavior because it could be such a triggering uh, platform for to aggravate eating issues mm-hmm. that they're actually responsibly trying to prevent that from happening. Mm-hmm. I thought that was yeah. really wonderful. So yeah. it's not your imagination, you know, yeah. this is really happening and it's really having a true impact on people. You know, yeah. I worked on college campus for years. I worked at UCLA mm-hmm. and I got to see, you know, it's, it's, it's very often the high achieving, you know, effective person is into these things. Who's like, okay, yeah, I want to do well. You know, I want to be well and perfect or, you know, like I want to be healthy or, you know, whatever that mindset is. Yeah, totally. 
Yeah, and I unfortunately I don't really see that changing anytime soon, which makes our jobs, your job and my job, even more important in mm-hmm. terms of just preaching from every mountaintop that we can find the importance of having um, you know, a healthy mindset and a healthy attitude about mm-hmm. it, which directly comes from our thoughts and our perceptions, right? And a lot of that is shaped by our past as well, but it doesn't have to control the way we live our lives and the way we focus on our future. So I've got a cool invitation for you. Ever since the pandemic turned the health and fitness and wellness industry on its collective head, what I'm feeling called to do now is to help health and fitness entrepreneurs build and innovate and grow in their businesses. And I've opened up a brand new community on Facebook, and I would love for you to come over and join me there. So if you are a business owner, if you are working on a brand new idea, if you're developing a new product, or if you're feeling called to serve at a higher level within the health and fitness and wellness space in the collective, I want to invite you to come over and join me there. Join me over in my Innovate and Grow for fitness and wellness professionals in the coaching space on Facebook. I would love to have you there. We've got lots of really fun things going on in there. I've got my weekly live show that I do every Wednesday at noon where I give away real informative business tips, the real stuff, folks. This isn't just some cheesy sales strategy. Come over and join me and innovate and grow for fitness and health wellness entrepreneurs on Facebook so that you don't miss any of the action. I will see you there. Talk to me just a little bit about some easy, actionable tips. You know, it's the new year. Everyone's sort of more or less thinking, you know, maybe they started and they're kind of losing their motivation by now, but maybe they're going to I mean, normally in my experience, when the weather starts getting warmer, then people start getting excited again. So talk to me about maybe say three or four simple tips um, for people who were looking to make those changes in their life. Oh, here we go. First of all, depending on how you eat, especially if the new year resolution was lose weight, <laughs> you know, oftentimes mm-hmm. that right. comes with implications of, okay, that means eat a lot less. And a lot of people start their year skipping meals, mm-hmm. you know, especially now with the uh, intermittent fasting being so popular and I want to start there. I want to say, don't do that skip meal skipping thing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'm with you. To nourish, nour- nourishing yourself regularly throughout the day, at least a breakfast, lunch, and dinner. At least, you know, if you get hungry in between and you need a snack, do that. Because meal skipping and letting yourself get too hungry is the number one thing that interferes with these wellness goals. So the first yeah. thing say is stop the meal sticking is skipping mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and instead i would recommend truly coming back into harmony with the body learning how to feel what your first signs of hunger feel like and it's unique for everybody you could feel like an emptiness you could feel like a dip in energy you could feel like preoccupation with food the first signs of hunger are so gentle so my recommendation is to make a commitment of instead of going on dieting and punishing yourself mm-hmm. and meal skipping, instead, learn to finally harmonize with your body. Yeah, We do it with going to the bathroom. We don't second yeah. guess that. We go to the bathroom. Oh, no, totally. Right. Agree. Yeah. You know, but how funny that we do that with food, which is also a self-regulating thing. So I really recommend for people to learn how what their first signs of hunger are and learn how to honor that. And that could be very weird. Yeah. Especially if there's been so much dieting going on and we've mm-hmm. trained ourselves to ignore that, to give ourselves permission to eat when we're first hungry. And so another tip that follows that 
is learning what fullness feels like. Many of us don't know. We finish when the plate is done. You know, right. we finish. No, I agree with you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so again, it's a skill. Uh, it can be learned. It doesn't matter how long you've ignored it. You know, we know to put a jacket on when we're cold. You know, Correct. we know right. to, to go to the bathroom when our bladder is full. We know to right. take off our, our high heels when our legs are uncomfortable. We know right. Right. our body gives us, you know, cues. So it is possible to relearn that when it comes to hunger and fullness as well. So fullness could be a little bit more elusive, more challenging for some people. So learning how to actually what that fullness feelness fullness feeling feels like and actually stopping are yeah. such important skills, I think, in our lives, in our adult lives to finally master. Um, and another thing which I'm really big on is the fourth tip is which is easier said than done is learning how to feel the ups and downs of life, how to yeah. navigate the nuances of being human without having to use food, exercise, a, a screen, alcohol, really learning how to navigate life more soberly yeah. Um, yeah. without having to take the edge off. I think these are skills, basic skills that nobody ever talks about and nobody really teaches. But no, I think you're right. I think. Um... Again, I think we just, we have to be onto ourselves. If we see our minds going into a rabbit hole or we see, you know, ourselves going for that extra glass of wine or cocktail just because you can, you know, it's like, really, do you, do you really want that? Or are you just doing it because it just seems like the logical next step? Yeah. That, that question with that reasoning that you just had, that talking to yourself, uh -huh. it's really interesting that you just did a demonstration of that. Yeah. And when people start this work of relearning their appetite, you know, relearning their satisfaction, you know, giving themselves meals that are truly satisfying. Um, they find that there's an internal dialogue going on of, hey, mm -hmm. do I really need this? Or mm -hmm. what would feel good in my body? You know, yeah. at, when I finish eating that, is that going to give me energy or is that going to drain energy? You know? Yeah. Uh, well, and I also think that for, you know, for people who, you know, love to eat, you know, like I've, I've probably in the last week or two weeks heard at least three people say, I just can't keep that in the house because I just don't have any discipline. Right. And so, you know, my, my thought to that is, is that, okay, I, I can understand that. Um, I mean, I personally love dark chocolate. That is like my, one of my absolute favorite things to do. And I look at it as a pleasure, you know, mm -hmm. as a, as something, you know, good that I can do that I can enjoy. I don't, you know, do it as if I'm good, I'll have a piece of dark chocolate. I do it as I'm going to eat this because I, I love it. And it's a pleasure, you know, but, but I also recognize that, you know, there's a mentality with people who say, I don't have any discipline. What they're really saying is that they don't trust themselves. They don't believe in their ability to be able to say, I've had enough. I'm going to, I'm not going to do this anymore. Right. Right. So it's funny that you should say that the name of my TEDx talk was trust your hunger and make peace with food. And people are afraid of food. They're terrified yeah. of the dessert table. Uh, I just did a YouTube video on how to navigate the dessert table. They're scared of going to gatherings. When they go to a restaurant, there's so much anxiety of, oh no, am I, is it going to happen again? Am I going to lose control? So mm -hmm. learning how to be with these trigger foods or these charged foods that seem to have more power than we do 
is a skill. It sounds like maybe you never struggled with that experience, but so many. Oh, I've, I've, I've had my own struggles, but I guess I've just, I've also had a lot of coaching and a lot of mentorship and invested a ton in my business and in my education. And I guess I just have a different, a little different perspective at this point in my life that I can spot it a mile away with somebody. Investing in ourselves and healing this issue yeah. is such a worthwhile investment. You know, um, yes. any work I've done on myself or for myself has always been the best investment. I've never regretted. Oh yeah, it. absolutely. Totally. Healer, agree. Yeah. You know, a certification or anything like that. So definitely agreed. And again, that, that charged foods or that forbidden food, learning how to navigate that for some people could take weeks or months. I or agree. Years. Everyone works on their own timetable. Yeah. And everyone's got their own like story around it too. And I think, you know, oh, giving yeah. ourselves permission to kind of acknowledge that that story is always there doesn't mean that it has to still be our reality day to day. Right. Absolutely. That's such an empowered way to look at it. Yeah. 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 It's very true. It's very true. So, so let's say someone out there is listening and they're thinking, I really like, I really think that this can work for me. But I'm, I'm, I really don't even know where to begin. You know, for so many people, at least this time of year, I, I talk to so many people who say, uh, you know, I, I tried this a million times and it just doesn't work. So I just don't make New Year's resolutions, which I honestly, I think is very refreshing because to me, it's like, why should New Year's be like the perfect time to do something different? You know, we can do that anytime we want throughout the year. Right. But let's say someone is really like just wondering what can I do to start today? What can I do to give myself something different today? How could I begin today and empower myself? What would you tell them? You know, for some people, uh, experimenting with writing down what they eat mm-hmm. could be very interesting in the time intervals that they're eating. You know, they, mm-hmm. they, they write down what time it is. They write down what they eat. And, but before they do that, they check in with their bodies and actually determine where they are in terms of hunger and fullness. Mm-hmm. Is it an intense hunger? Is it the beginning of hunger? Is it, I'm not even hungry? Doing this uh, journaling, whether they write it down, put it in their phones or, you mm-hmm. know, do it in their heads. You don't have mm-hmm. to write anything down. Yeah. For some people, yeah. actually, it could be triggering to write stuff down. So it's not totally. right for everybody. But to find a way to wake up <laughs> when they're eating, you know, to check in with their bodies, mm-hmm. to ask themselves, wait, am I reaching for this because I'm physically hungry? Am I eating because everybody else is eating? Am I eating because I feel like I should? What's really going on? Or am I eating because I'm bored or whatever, right? Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. And so having this kind of check-in with themselves of before they eat to take that mm-hmm. instantaneous pause, it doesn't have to take longer than three seconds, really to just ask themselves, am I hungry? And they could write down what they eat or not. And then this is the interesting part. When they're done eating, when they finish that meal or that snack or whatever they're having, is to check back in with their body to reassess where are they? You Mm -hmm. know, am I too full? Do I still feel comfortable? Do I secretly wish there was more food? Am I underfeeding myself again? You know, that could also be an issue. So learning how to um, consistently check in with themselves, check in with their bodies when it comes to food. Because when it comes to food, many people, again, very intelligent, effective people, we're in our heads when it comes to food. We're telling ourselves, I should eat this. I should eat now. This is how much I should eat. You know, it's become a head thing. 
Yeah. Which is fine, which is okay. I don't want people to throw away their heads. You know, you could bring your head with you. But I really feel like including the body, you know, as part of what's going on and how we're relating to food is extremely important. Mm-hmm. Again, we do it with going to the bathroom. We do it with wearing a jacket. We do it with so many other yeah. things, you know. Um, yeah. We check in with the body. Do I, have a, do I have a headache? Do I need an Excedrin? You know, we're checking in with the body, you know. So it makes sense also to do that with food. So that yeah. would be my my very beginner step is to tell people to incorporate their signals of the body mm-hmm. of when to eat. And even how much to eat, learn what fullness feels like and tracking that down either in their phone or on a piece of paper or casually in their own head could go a long way in building that mind-body connection, yeah. which is what needs to be rebuilt, you know? Well, I love that because it's just, you're, we're just very, we're just very gently inviting ourselves into considering what else could be going on right? With no judgment, with no expectation, with no, you know, fear of of being judged or fear of punishment or whatever. It's like, it can be what we want it to be. So to me, you know, that I think a, a very reassuring, you know, message to anyone out there listening is that you get to decide what you want this to mean. And just because it's meant something in the past doesn't mean it has to mean that going forward. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That's a very empowered and self-loving way to look at all of this. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Well, we talk all things self-care on this show. So um, anything that can help someone out there start today, you know, to empower themselves today, to give them just that little bit of confidence or that little piece of encouragement to get them going. Um, that's that's really every single show. That's That's what my mission is. Mm-hmm. So where can people find you? Um, I have a website at vitamineve.com. It's V-I-T-A-M-I-N, like the word vitamin and Eve. Vitamin Eve. Eve. I love that. How how Thank original you. is that? Thank you. Vitamineve.com. And on uh-huh. there, there are so many free resources. I have mm-hmm. tons of YouTube videos. I have a TEDx talk. I even have a free ebook called Stop Overeating Now. So I really try to make resources easy and accessible so people could have that and start that healing journey and even move through that healing journey. I have people who contact me from around the world telling me that those videos have changed their lives. Yeah, I bet. I'm sure. Yeah. Because I think, you know, I think the other thing, and we didn't really talk about this in our conversation, I'll just bring it up right now as we wrap up, is that, you know, there's so much information out there. And, you know, like if, when you, if you listen to a YouTube video about reading a label or, you know, what's organic versus non-organic or, you know, what about gluten-free? I mean, it's just, it's, there's so much information out there. It's no wonder that people tell themselves they can't figure it out. Right. Absolutely. It becomes so much confused. It's so confusing. It's funny that you're saying this. I have a video that's, can knowing too much nutrition information actually be keeping you stuck? Yeah. It's, well, there's, there's, there's a lot of truth to that. You know, it's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like, you're, we're never going to be able to master all of the information. We just have to understand and become a detective about what works for us because everybody out there listening, it's probably going to be the first, well, I just don't eat breakfast. I never have. Well, you know, I do much better if I graze. I do much better if I do small meals. 
you know, mm-hmm. I'm lactose intolerant, I'm celiac or whatever, you know, whatever it is. And it's like, you know, I think we take a lot of pressure off of ourselves when we tell ourselves that we don't have to understand all of it. We just have to understand what works for us. Well, I love everything you just said. I couldn't agree more. It's such yeah. an individual journey, our relationship yeah. with food, and it evolves. Yeah, you know? it does. It does. Maybe that worked up until now, and you're yeah. noticing that it's not anymore. You yeah. know, as our bodies evolve, you know, when you live long enough, you realize yeah. your body evolves. And what works well, and having said all that, I also think it's very important to be able to talk to a professional like you or myself or somebody else out there you know, to not think that you have to do this alone, Mm. you know, that you can't, it's like what my coach always reminds me, you can't read the label inside the bottle. You know, this Mm. is why you have to have somebody to call you out and to help kind of show you the way so that you become a different version of yourself, the version of yourself that, you know, accepts, you know, that, okay, I've made some mistakes in the past, but going forward, I'm going to do things different and that's okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Eve, thank you so much for joining me today. It's um, I always love having a conversation with another uh, health or health and or fitness professional about subjects like what we just talked about. So thank you so much for joining me. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed this, too. Of course. Absolutely. And and so uh, folks listening out there, please feel free to connect with Eve. You can go to her website, vitamineve.com. You will find that link in the show notes. She says there's all kinds of free resources available Uh, to you on her site. So please make sure you take advantage of that. I really think sometimes that some of the best resources that we can find when we're just getting started or when we're trying to do something different um, are the free kind because they're simple enough. They're designed for you to be able to consume it right away and implement it right away. And that's really key. Um, But when you're looking at making a significant change in your life, you will do it much better and much faster if you have support. So please understand that the free resources are always there for you, but also that it is never too late if you decide that you want to do something different. That's why we talk about all things self-care on this show. If you are looking for a new home on social media, if you're kind of tired of the usual, what you see, and you're looking for a place where you can join a group of like-minded people, please come over and join my Facebook group, Living Your Ultimate Life Through Fitness and Self-Care. Now that it's 2023, we've got a full slate of our destination retreats. Uh, planned, including our amazing um, adventure that we're taking to New Zealand next February, February 2024. So if you are interested in that or thinking that uh, a chance to reset in a different environment with some like-minded people um, on a new path to your, to what your future is what is uh, is waiting for you, what your future is 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 showing you, then I invite you to come over and join us there. Living your ultimate life through fitness and self-care. Um, I'm always talking about what we're doing, what we've got coming up in there. Um, And it's a great, great, wonderful group of people. So you can show up as often as you want or as little as you want, but just know that you're not by yourself, you know, that you can be with a group of people that can help empower you and motivate you all along the way. And as always, before I sign off, thank you for all of your support, um, for, you know, helping us continue to share our message. We're heard all over the world. We reach different people and more people every single week. Um, And that's really what the show is all about. It's just continuing to make sure that you have um, a consistent, solid source of information coming from amazing guests, from myself, from people that I've been able to connect to since I've been doing this show. A lot of my guests have come from people who have been listeners. 
and they've reached out to me and said, I love this particular episode. Have you thought about this topic? And if that's you out there, please feel free to drop me a note. You can send me a note through my socials, or you can go to my website at www.theallisonk.com and send me a note there. You can read all about our show there, all about our retreats, and you can see, you know, take a listen to some of our back episodes. You know, we're coming up on, we're going to celebrate our third birthday. We we just celebrated our third birthday last year. So we'll be four this summer. So, um, so I always love to hear from you. Just know that you're welcome to drop me a note anytime and, and give me some feedback. Tell me what you think. Or if you feel so inclined, please do leave us a five-star review because this helps more people find us. This is Allison Kaskowski with The Ultimate Journey of Self-Care. You're one step closer to living your ultimate life. So make it a good one. 